The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is all things elite. Welcome back to all things elite. Load up the pod, man. It's on when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to all things elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Here from the first, swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex networks on. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the red, getting in the zone. Pulling up a show, give it seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity? I'm gone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 213th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW. With a proclivity for positivity, welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? I am doing well um, since this show. Uh, I think since our last show, I got my dog, right? Yes! Oh, uh, yes. Um, I I got an English Bulldog. I had, I had my heater on, so if you heard a fan there for a second, my apologies. Uh... I got an English bulldog. My wife, uh, so someone out there paid, uh, bought an English bulldog for $2,500. Uh, the former owner of my bulldog, Winston. Um, my wife was like, Hey, we got this English bulldog and you know, they want to get rid of it. And the reason their English bulldog is my dream dog. It's a dog I've always wanted, but their puppy meals, all that kind of stuff. So, and they generally want like twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars. You know, five. I think five, if it's like one hundred percent pure red papers and all that stuff, five thousand is what most people want for an English bulldog, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not spending that much on a dog. I also don't like the whole puppy meal process, all that stuff. Adopt, don't shop, basically. Uh, so she was like, uh, "This person has this dog. They don't want it. They just, you know, they bought it." must have a lot of money they bought it they don't want it it's free to a good home and guess what we have we have a good home we've been on the fence about getting a dog forever we have a good home so after talking about it i was like baby if you want the dog get the dog and she was like what what do you want the dog i was like okay you know me that dog comes in my house i'm gonna immediately fall in love with it that's just who i am as a person i get very attached very quickly (laughs) <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh so she brought it home i uh, brought him home and uh yeah we decided on the name winston and reason winston it works in three ways three ways i love you know we had a lot of names uh dax was one of the names we were considering uh um 
I always wanted a girl English bulldog, and I was going to name her Matilda. And I forgot, the, I, I forgot the other name that we were considering. But that uh, Winston works in three ways. My favorite Florida State Seminole of all time, which name is Winston. That's one way. My, um, uh, but that's one way it works. Second, British Bulldog, when he wrestled, he had two dogs, one named Matilda, yeah. and then he had a boy named Winston. So there you go, Winston Churchill, all that kind of stuff. Apparently, Winston is one of the most common names for English Bulldogs because of Winston Churchill. Yep. And, and then the three, three, because we actually got him on his birthday. We actually, when we got him, was actually on his birthday. Uh, was one years old, and it's right around Halloween, so I kind of want some Halloween theme, right? So the show, old movie, Ghostbusters, everybody's heard of it, everybody knows it, but a lot of people don't know, there was the black guy in Ghostbusters. What was his name? Winston. Winston! It worked in three ways, and when something works in three ways, you gotta take that name, and that's how I won. I told my wife, you know, it's your dog. You know, it's your dog, and you can make the final decision. She's like, I want to go with Winston. So we have Winston Johnson, the beautiful English Bulldog, and he is home with us. And he is was not comfortable very quickly. But, uh, he, and then, you know, but we loved on him. He, you could tell he wasn't loved. If you bring up, pick up anything stick-like, he runs away. So apparently the people that had him previously were not good people. Uh, well, not good people got good to dogs. I don't, I can't speak on whether they're good people, but they were, they did not treat this dog correctly. And, um, yeah, so we gave him a good home. We love him. We've got our, we got a kid. Me and my wife finally have a kid and, uh, and you know, he is, he, yeah, just love the shit out of him already. Wife bought him a sweater today and had him in it. I sent it to all my friends. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I I love this dog. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. So I am very happy with that, uh, that we have a dog. So yes. Yeah. How am I doing? No, I am doing amazing. He's absolutely adorable. I can attest to that too from the pictures that I've the cle- seen. The cleft lip and everything, which again, if these person gave a crap. Apparently it's a very easy surgery to fix when they're very, very young. It's very uncomfortable now that he's older, so. Not gonna do right. that too long. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, um, nope, be there. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. Did you lose um, me for a second there? I did. Yeah, for a second. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. It absolutely adorable dog. I'm glad Floyd's doing well. I unfortunately was in a car accident yesterday. Nothing severe. I'm completely fine. I'm healthy. I'm fine. So was the other person. It was just a fucking crap situation because I. Trying to make a left turn out of a gas station parking lot. A guy stopped to let me through. Then the other guy wanted to try to get past him into the left turn lane. Didn't see him as I come through. Clip him with my front bumper. Knocks loose one of my uh, my passenger side. Uh, uh, I keep forgetting the name of it. Knocks out my passenger side uh, uh, headlight. And yeah, um, I'm all fine and everything like that. Nothing severe or anything. But it's just got to it's pain in the ass and plus i work and i have to drive 40 minutes to get to work so now i have to borrow my sister's car basically for the next week um but i'm glad floyd though um like he's having a good time and also i've been having my my cats have been helping me out throughout a lot of this too because i was definitely just like very shooken up about the whole ordeal too but um but other than that i'm doing i'm doing pretty solid i'm 
we're in the midst of the biggest time frame for football with playoffs for high school and all different kinds of stuff and getting towards the nitty gritty of college football. So it's been busy for me and I've been all over the place, but um, which is another reason why I wasn't able to be on last week. I was literally so dead tired, dude. Like I sent you the photos of me when I was at a football game that got like snowed on like heavily and I was running around so much that by the time I got home, I slept in until like one o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. Um, yeah, you did. And uh, I didn't, I didn't do the show. I didn't, I ended up not doing the show last week uh, yeah. for the reason of I was going to do it by myself. I had, and it's like, but our show is called the proclivity of positivity. And, you know, I do like to keep things light. And as much as I was very happy with my dog, honestly, I thought last week's episode of Dynamite was like painfully mid and I wasn't really feeling positive about it. So I said, instead of getting on and, uh, you know, not sticking with the theme of the show, I'll just wait till next week and hopefully (laughs) they have a better programming for me to talk about. I thought last week was like painfully average. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have had a lot of amazing things to say about last week um probably like the only things that i would have like heavily been like i like this was the claudio uh orange cassidy match um i thought that was uh really really good from uh from uh last week's dynamite and then also uh from collision the incredible like one of the best collision matches of all time mjf kenny omega for the aw world title i mean that that would have been the the one thing I held on to. Like if if all else fails, even though last the week before was kind of eh, I got that match, and that match was so good. So it was funny. That match was amazing. Uh, MJF and Kenny Omega tore it down. I would have loved it to be at a pay per view and not really know. Know, and know who was going to win. But I really did enjoy. I really did enjoy the match. But MJF after the match. He said, greatest collision match of all time, check. Greatest dog collar match of all time, check. And I was like, I, I told JR, we were on the phone. I was like, Dax is going to reply to this. He's going to have a problem. <laughs> He's going to have a problem specifically with that. Because uh, he, had, he had some damn good collision matches. He Like, the match, Dax and Cash versus Jay White and Juice is literally the it's, highest yeah. rated, the highest rated American televised tag team match in history. Yeah. No, yeah, so. yeah. So Dax would literally one. be over here being like, what the hell, brother? And then he said the greatest dog collar match ever. I believe FTR and the Briscoes did a thing last year in December that kind of won match of the year. Yeah. So I'm just Max, like, Max basically, while he is just our scumbag, he still can't make friends very easily. <laughs> I was just like, I, it was so funny because I read it like one minute after you posted it. One minute. Nobody, I think it might have had like 10 likes at this time. And I was just like, yeah, Dax is going to have a problem with this. <laughs> and this is like not, not ever, you know, like I have any inside information, but I was just like, oh, like literally you just saying. Like everything FTR did didn't matter. I just outdid it, and I was like, "No, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that works the way you think that works." But yes, and it was funny because the matches that he said, him and Brian Danielson, uh, him and Brian, Dan- oh, him and CM Punk in the dog collar match, one of the greatest. You know, it was a great match. Don't get me wrong. Uh, him and Kenny Omega was a great match, 
And he said he also had the greatest Iron Man match ever with Brian Danielson. And I was like, I'm just going to shake my head and say, I I hear you. You know what I mean? I hear you. And it's yeah. like, as a person that... You can have that opinion. Yeah, it's like, hey, I mean, honestly, I am of the line. I once heard Sasha Banks. It's like, if you, why are you even doing this if you don't think you're the best? And it was like... Exactly. And I thought it was very conceited and cocky, and it's just like... But yeah, I mean, if you're going to do something, you want to be the best at it. So, uh, you know, and so if, for him to think in his opinion that he's the best, that is great. But yeah, I'm always yep. I'm always going to have my opinion. And yeah, can him and Kenny yep. Omega killed. They killed. And uh, congrats that, to so both yeah, of that, them. That's, yeah, congrats to both of them. Like I said, that would have been the main thing I would have talked about from the previous uh, week. Yeah, was, a lot to talk yeah. about. Kenny Omega uh, had another amazing match. I'm shocked. <laughs> No, no, no. It's really not that surprising, but it's still. He's like, oh, I'll talk, about, I'll talk about it all day, every day. Yeah, it's, two of the better wrestlers in the world had an amazing match. I, I'm jaw dropped. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> yes, um, but we got a lot to talk about from this week in AEW as we get closer and closer to full gear. Um, and before we get into everything, we guys want to make sure. We want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to the show, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and leave a rating and a review. It really does help out the show. And if you want, you can also follow us on social media at AT Elite Pod. You can also follow at Social Suplex who make this show possible and also have a bunch of other great podcasts that you should 1000% check out. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Got a brand new, cool little picture of me on the uh, Court of the Pistons, uh, all dressed up and looking dapper as my profile picture. That's me. And you can follow Floyd at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Um, and getting into pretty the sure my news. profile picture at, right now Swerve, but I'm pretty yes. sure it's going to be Winston pretty too. Yeah, it'll probably be a picture of Winston because, I mean, the amount of... Trust me, dude, like, I took so many pictures of Darby and Nina, my cats, yeah. uh, when I first got them. Like, your phone is going to be filled with them. Yes, and it, it, it is. Uh, uh, you know, wife had sent me at least seven pictures with the shirt on today, and I was like, oh, my God, I want them all. So, yeah. no, no, um, this is not going to be... You got to give me my month. I need about a month. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll just go back to being regular dog owner. But I'm still in the, I still got that new doggy love on me right now. So if you hear a little too much about my dog, I apologize. <laughs> I don't apologize. Either way, though, um, the big news of the week in terms of AEW is that we are getting closer and closer and closer to finally figuring out who the devil is. That leads into, of course, what happened to close out Dynamite, which we'll talk about uh, when we get to it. Right, so, uh, sir, this yes. is, brought me up, but I didn't want to put it in this because I wanted to kind of catch you uh, in it and before we hit into the show reviews. I saw a question today. Who would be the, who do you think would be the worst possible reveal as the devil? Uh, one, someone put Tony Khan. Two. I saw that one. I would. Yeah. Two Jungle Boy. Someone put Jungle Boy, and three. Someone put Sammy Callahan. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, is okay. Who do you think would be the worst reveal 
I, I'm not necessarily out of those three. If you think someone in AEW would be a, no, even it worse. would be, it would honestly, it, I honestly do think it would be a toss up between Tony Khan or and Jungle Boy as like the worst of the worst if they were revealed to be the devil. Um, the the real t- it, like you, you'd have to it, you'd have to catch me on the right day because at the end of the day, like either sometimes I'm gonna think, oh well, you know the if Jungle Boy was revealed to be the devil, at least you know it gives him something to do with his heel character because what his heel character was before was stale. Uh, so maybe it could be positive. Um, and then also with the idea of it would if it was Tony Khan. I know this dude's a mark. I know he would pull a it's me, Austin, and say some shit like that, and it would be at least funny. But like like which one like on one day either one would piss the other would piss me off more. Um at this point in time though, I would still say um Tony Khan would be the worst reveal. For yes, sure. Just for because sure. I don't just because I don't think Tony Khan should ever be a character on like on I, AEW television. I don't think he's a good actor. No. <laughs> that's what it comes down to he should maybe, never maybe, he should never be a character maybe i'm wrong i like tony being above it all i love tony being the man in the back the voice even when he makes an announcement generally it's someone else making the announcement from tony khan i like that i like that he comes out into a uh, rile up the crowd or whatever i like tony being above it all but uh yeah i yeah he would be the worst uh I, I, you know, I predicted Jungle Boy very early in this, so I don't think he necessarily bad. Uh, I, I still don't want it. I don't. Let me just say this: I don't know if he can pull it off, Mike Wise. And I feel no. like whoever it is is going to have to be strong on the mic, because it's the thing about it is there's been a lot of big reveals in wrestling history, right? And some have been good, some have been historically bad, some have been great. But the thing that does everything is the follow-through. What happens next? The explanation. The explanation, why it was done, why we didn't see it coming. So, like, a lot of people, uh, there's been speculation. I think the most popular names other than the Jungle Boy have been either. It's Adam Cole, who's... Surgery healed quicker, you know, all of it was a ruse. His surgery healed quicker he won't, or he didn't actually have surgery, whatever. Uh, two, it's uh, Britt Baker, which I'm a big fan of because I have not liked Britt Baker's booking for the last year. I, I haven't liked how she was used for the last year. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see her in a bigger, more important role in AEW, as I think, I mean, as she's the first hired, the face of the women's division, she's probably my favorite woman's wrestler in the company. So I definitely want to see uh Brit in a bigger role. Uh, and then the one that I am personally working myself into a shoot about, and me and you talked about it just a minute ago is Mr. Phil Brooks, Mr. CM. <laughs> and I will tell you this. If, if it's not CM Punk, I am 97% sure that it's not CM Punk. I am 110% sure that I want it to be CM Punk. Is that a CM Punk reference? Unfortunately, unfortunately, the idea of what I want is outweighing the logical part of me. It's the fantasy yeah. booking taking over, brother. Yeah, it's what it, we want. Yes. It's so, the same thing that we did for months when we said we want CMFTR versus the Elite, and it never came to fruition. So I'm at this point in life where I'm like, they're going to make the announcement. 
And it may be very well Adam Cole. It may be very well Britt Baker. Whoever it is, a small part of me, because I think they're going to do the reveal at full gear, I think. I don't know if they will or not, but I think they're going to do the reveal. Like it'll be the closing yeah, moment yeah, of the show. Yeah, yeah. A small part of me will die when it's not CM Punk. <laughs> and it did, AEW, I don't blame Tony Khan or any of the writers because no one has said it. As far as AEW is considered, CM Punk is no longer with the company. And if you go on Instagram, yes. CM Punk very rarely says anything about wrestling in general other than a couple snide comments. He he says, hey, I'm taking care of Larry. Uh, you know, he tore his ACL, which, you know. I hope he gets. I yeah, hope, I get hope well soon, Larry. Get well soon, Larry. No one has done anything to make me think this is CM Punk, but everything in me wanted to be CM Punk. <laughs> so I'm not mm-hmm. blaming anybody but Floyd. And I think most wrestling fans need to do that more. And I am like, if you yes. had to ever take anything away from this show. When you're getting mad about, and I doubt anyone on this show, if you're listening to the show with the proclivity of positivity, I doubt you're a very angry person. That uh, right. right. But if you happen to be one of those angry furry people, I want you to ask yourself, are you mad at them? Are you mad at them? Is it their fault that you jumped to the conclusion? Or is it your fault for jumping to the conclusion? In this case, I know it's my fault. I know it. I'm taking... I'm taking silence to mean anything. But if, I'll tell you right now, CM Punk comes out tomorrow morning, posts his contracts up on the uh on the uh posts his contract up on the Instagram and says, I literally can't work for WWE. Like <laughs> I literally can't work for WWE. Uh, you know, I'm not with AEW, and I'll be like, Oh man, he's really trying to trick us. And it's the wrestling fan brain. It is. It doesn't not, matter. It, it it doesn't matter what he says or doesn't say. It'll you're working me, brother. Oh, you almost got me. You're still gonna show up. I know it. I know how this game is played. Yeah, because when he doesn't show up for full gear, he's guaranteed showing up for Survivor Series. And then when he doesn't show up for full full gear Survivor Series, I'm gonna be mad. And I'm not gonna be mad at anybody but Floyd because I have done this to myself. Dude, see, you're just talking about the on con- the constant depression when it comes with me and this dude right now because that's what's happening, dude. I mean, you sent me the picture where it's like Punk's signing day with his first WWE contract was fucking uh, November 25th, 2006. He won the ECW title November 25th, 2007. Survivor Series is on November 25th, 2023, and it's in Chicago, and I'm just like motherfucker and it's like there's that there's the idea of him being the devil and being back with the AEW I don't think either is true personally but again it's that kind of thing where it's like you know I don't fully know that and like dude if he shows up anywhere I will be happy because I like watching my favorite wrestler on TV that's just how it goes and quite frankly I'm just tired of dealing with dog shit like of people just saying shit to me all the time well, I just want him on TV to say shit back. It, it would be kind of cool because I even had this thought that, you know, like the whole idea of a new pinnacle with not called the pinnacle or whatever, but CM Punk leading with FTR, with Wardlow, and then, you know, another person there. I don't know who that would be. And just being like, uh, you know, the, you know, Max has hurt them all. So, you know, they're coming back to hurt Max or whatever. That would make sense. 
Yeah, I, I mean that would that would kind of make sense, but like I said, if you're gonna do the pinnacle, you would literally bring FTR in there, and it would just be the pinnacle too. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, like last night, and I I will always say this: the people playing these the guys in all black don't have to be the eventual people that they are. That's the best part about it. But if yes. they if it is if it is, I feel like on dynamite. We'll talk about it in a minute. The guy on the left was Roderick Strong. Because Roderick Strong has, yes, a, the neck. Yes. has a certain way of standing. And, like, with his arms kind of back, it's very weird. And, you know, I just, from watching wrestling and noticing mannerisms, I felt like that person was Roderick Strong. If he's not, it's not. But I felt like it was, so... Yeah, hey, you know what? We're going to see. But it's fun to have a storyline in wrestling like this where it seems like no one. I imagine if there is media people that knows what the reveal is, they're not telling. And no. I, I love it. I want everybody in on it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. like, no, Dave Meltzer gonna No, it's going gonna, it's gonna, like, to be so exciting to see what the reveal actually turns out to be. But yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's like, listen. I just have to keep saying it for myself. It will not be CM Punk. It can't be CM Punk. CM Punk doesn't work there. See, and that's the whole thing. You know, like, the whole announcement, the press release that CM Punk doesn't work there, they're a a private company. They don't have to show you anything, you know? And that's what even makes it more. You know what I mean? Like, he might not have been released at all. You know what I mean? It's it like, could all be a ruse. It could all be. He I feared for his life because Punk was turning heel the whole time. It's like it's like again. I just can't deal with it. I can't I, deal with it anymore. It's because I want it to be a ruse so bad. I want, I want to think this company is bigger than uh, you know, personalities and honestly, we can, we can get past the, egos the, like the, causing yes. drama. Yes, I want to believe that this was all done. But the honest to God truth, honestly, when I'm using my rational brain, CM Punk doesn't work there anymore. It's probably going to be, you know, one of the uh, the Adam Cole, Britt Baker, Jungle Boy people. And it's going to be a good story. And it's just going to be a good story. And that's fine. But yes. I, like I said, I can't turn my brain off. Yeah, I no, can't. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll move off of that at least and get into the actual week in AEW. Um, going into first off, we'll talk a little bit about Collision from November fourth in Wichita, Kansas, and this had some some pretty big moments on the show. On the show, at least some enjoyable stuff. The two main things that I want to talk about, at least from Collision, first off, had an outstanding opening match. Ar Fox and Swerve Strickland fucking went bananas. Like that was such such a good opening match. They. They so a sword circling on a, a lucha underground. Uh, honestly, lucha, dude, yeah, like on that level, yeah. And like we had already gotten such an outstanding match the week prior on Collision with uh, MJF versus Kenny Omega, and these guys, yeah, it was very much kind of like a lucha underground match, and they just killed it. Like I love watching that match. It was the whole. It was honestly the thing that made the Collision show for me. Like for this week, it was the best part of the entire show for me. Yeah, um, Swerve's on a run right now. Yes. And he is having some of his best work, best matches. Fan participation's all in. AEW seems to be 
pretty behind him in general. Uh, the fans seem to be behind him. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, put the title on him. Not yet. Not yet. I think his, build, t- his time is going to come. It's coming. And you build the fever pitch. You build it to either fans desperately want it or dance fans desperately don't want it. I think those are always the best times to change it. Um, change it. And I just, I, I really do enjoy what he's doing with Hangman right now. And in AR Fox, just every week, it seems like they can just put him in a match with anybody and Swerve's going to come out there and they're going to kill it. And, you know, and it's just, yeah, he, he the way he's playing this like evil person. And it's like MJF is bad, right? Swerve is evil. He's like, I'm running up in your house. I'm trying to take out your friends. He is flat out evil. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So uh, Swerve gets the victory with the Swerve Stomp. Uh, they had uh, the Gates of Agony and basically all of Mogul Embassy surround, uh, except for uh, only member who wasn't there was Brian Cage. Um, so they surround AR Fox, and then FTR comes out and brawls with the Gates of Agony. And Ricky Starks and Bill, Big Building come down to aid Mogul Embassy. Then LFI comes down, and they help everything out. And then at, after that point, though, uh, FTR offers to shake hands with the LF, LFI, and they do not accept. And then somewhere in the arena, House of Black was watching all of this take place. So that was the closing moments of that uh, segment, which kind of le- led into the main event. Uh, moving off of that, though, the only other thing I wanted to mention, too, was uh, the 69-day celebration for the Trios Champions, the Acclaimed. Uh, so, yes, this, um, this is stupid fun. <laughs> They had children and adults and everyone 69ing and scissoring. And I'm just like, yep. I'm this like, is well, wrestling. This is happening. Uh, Wichita is not very far from me, and I was originally supposed to be at this show. Uh, but, man, uh, I was just like, huh. This this is definitely for someone, and I did laugh a couple times. Oh, it was it was very much yeah. I will say like stupid dumb fun. Like the trophy they had too was stupid, um, and having Dalton Castle and the boys get involved with it too was very very funny. Um, and then uh, this turned into a match where it was the uh, Dalton Castle and the boys versus the Claimed. Claimed got the victory, and. Yeah, no, it was a uh, it was a really cool, uh, like funny, stupid thing just to kind of get the acclaim some um, stuff. And also, I, I love the more usage of Dalton Castle on on Collision too. I think Dalton Castle is lovely, and more of him is always making me happy. Yes, uh, Dalton Castle is one of those people fans tend to love. I've never gotten. I love his entrance. Generally, once the bell rings, I'm not a big Dalton Castle fan, but. I love everything. I love how he looks into the camera and screams something ridiculous. I think he said something about going to the farmer's market one week. Uh, I do, I love all that part of him. It's just like I said, once the match starts, not a big fan. But yeah, he was, it was, uh, he, he destroyed the, uh, the trophy. Oh God, I couldn't believe he did that. So it's the heelish thing you could possibly do. Um, and yeah, um, main event of the show was, uh, FTR, Rush and Preston Vance versus Ricky Starks, Big Bill, and Gates of Agony. Um, anyways, I thought it was solid enough. Um, I was going to talk to you just a little bit about um, 
how uh, House of Black proceeds to jump FTR behind from behind, and then all of a sudden you saw uh, the BCC come out, and they also then suddenly shake hands with FTR to close out the night. Yeah, uh, FTR is important, but they're kind of lost. They're in flux. Right that's now. what I was going to say. There's just there was a lot. FTR was doing a lot of things, but they didn't have a central focus. And, and I imagine everybody will disagree with this, but I thought after getting destroyed by Ricky Starks and Big Bill, they should have took off a month. Honestly, I thought it would have been fine for them to be off TV for just a little bit just to kind of like... Sell the injuries, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do the big comeback. But they were back the next week, and he cut a great promo about not taking, you know, people not taking weeks off, that kind of thing. But I think for the story, the story, for to drive home how dominant of a force Ricky Starks and Big Bill are, they put out FTR. That, yes. to me, would have made sense. FTR having to make a triumphant comeback. Not necessarily to win, but to at least tack FTR, uh, uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill. You know, maybe get like a, maybe some kind of uh, no DQ match. Maybe two, you know, let's like say Texas death match, tag team Texas death match or some shit like that. But, uh, you know, we'll see where they're going. I am, I'm in a wait and see right now, because because of the Devil's storyline, because of, honestly, Julia Hart, what the House of Black is going to do. Right now, there is a lot of wait and see in AEW. And I think that's what's really kind of messing with my overall enjoyment of the product. I, I'd even say, at, you know, in, in my best, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm 11 into most of AEW. And I'm like, I'm probably at like a 9 right now, which... For normal people, we'd be like, nine's extremely high. But for me, that's not how I roll. A nine out of ten is like, oh, I'm fucking depressed. So uh, right now, I'm just like, let's let's see what happens. I am very much on the, I'm not going to decide whether I like or dislike everything until it plays out. I am in a let it play out mode right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just... You know, we're we're in we're like I said, we're in this weird limbo as we build towards, and there's a lot to look forward to with uh, full gear and the matches they've announced. Yeah, it's where the stories lead for all this is where we're kind of just like up in the air for a lot of it. So, yeah. well, un- unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about off a of collision, I no. think it's all right to move mm-hmm. off of that and then go in right into dynamite. Let's go ahead and move right into dynamite. All right, and the show opened up with MJF. Uh, uh, doing a video call with Adam Cole, basically him Adam Cole saying he was worried about him and that he kills him, that he can't be there. But this match against the guns, I know you don't want to hear this, but if you want to win the match, you got to take up Samoa Joe on his offer to team with him so they can defend the title. So he's not doing a, a handicap match again. And he's like, Matt, and MJF was like, look, it's not happening. I don't need him. I can defend our titles against Bullet Club Gold. Uh, I mean, it, like, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna be able to defend our titles against the guns, perfectly fine on my own. Um, and he said, I'm gonna handle Daniel Garcia tonight. And MJF then gets interrupted by Daniel Garcia, and they, he basically says, like, look, I believe in you, and it's because I see a little bit of myself in you. And I, when I would listen to quote unquote veterans trying to tell me how to run a business. Listen, I've proven it's talent over tenure, so I want to know, am I getting Daniel Garcia, the sports entertainer, or the professional wrestler? 
And Garcia says, you will get the professional wrestler. And then Roderick Strong comes out screaming about it, basically being like, listen, Max, I could give you some tips. And he calls him a joke. And then Roderick's like, Adam, that's exactly what the devil would do. Walk away. And he hangs up. And Roderick goes, it's time to remind everyone exactly who the hell I am. And that led into the opening match with MJF and Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Uh, and I really did dig this. Uh, that the whole Daniel Garcia uh from when he went from wrestler to sports entertainer now it looks like he's working back to professional wrestler and there's something that happens later on in this show that i think bodes well for daniel garcia moving forward uh this match uh i mean this whole thing with mjf starting off the show is great uh again i kind of miss old AEW. it just felt like old AEW. daniel garcia would have been in the middle of the ring uh you know mjf music would have started or or shit honestly they both would have been in the ring and it was like boom ding and they would have just started straight fighting and honestly there was something unique about that presentation of yeah no they've they've yeah consistently for the last few weeks they've had like a backstage segment to start before the intro video and then it goes into the opening match it's kind of a weird yeah it throws it off because it feels like because the frenetic start is always one of the things that dynamite has used that i mean we've always liked it so yeah like i love the you know two on two in the match the first thing you see when you turn on dynamite is wrestling it it established it established that, you know, wrestling is the most important part of the show. And it's just like, they've had a lot of sports entertainment type starts. And it's like, I'm not saying I don't like it because I'm, you know, lifelong WWE fan. I'm just saying it's getting away from what made AEW different. Yes, uh, that that's one of the things I would agree with, too. Uh, the match itself, I thought, was pretty fun. Um, it. The fun thing was he said he would get the professional wrestler, but it did have a lot of sports entertainment elements with it with uh, both guys doing some hip thrusting during the match. But there was also like some really nice stuff that they did towards the uh, ending parts of the match. Uh, There was a point where uh, MJF tried to hit a Panama Sunrise Mm -hmm. and uh, I popped at him trying to do that. I thought that was awesome. Garcia hit a really, really nice pile driver in the match. The one armed pile driver. He's yeah, like, I know. yes, that was he pretty was, cool. His arm was getting worked on a ton, and then eventually, as he gets the dragon tamer in, MJF switches over to be able to get out of it to get into the salt of the earth and works on that arm to get him to tap out. And uh, as they looked like they were going to shake hands after the match, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard proceed to pull Garcia away and be like, nope, you're not doing this shit. So. Um, I thought it was a solid saw match to start off the show. I thought it got going. I did not understand the not letting him shake hands thing. That I I, I don't know, but again, we don't know where everything's going. Yeah, yeah, we don't, and that's the thing. It's like Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Like I don't know what their like their motives are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I don't need all the answers, but I need some answers. Mm-hmm. So I don't I yeah. don't know. You're like. Uh, I, I mean, unfortunately, it feels like AEW's putting a lot of pressure on Full Gear to be great. <laughs> That's, I mean, and again, they got a lot of really good matches lined up for it, and I think it will be good. But we, uh, yeah, yeah we, especially we're we're looking for a lot of explanations for a yeah, lot, a lot of, of things. Yeah, like this, the whole yeah, we're gonna yeah, we'll get to it in a minute. I'll discuss it in a minute. Yeah. But, um. 
Darby Allen and Sting took on the Outrunners, uh, which was a nice little tag match. This for, looks straight out of WCW Saturday Night, like 1989. Especially, genuinely, yeah. Yes, because like, uh, the Outrunners look like an 80s tag team. Yes. And, and then you got Sting. I was like, and, yo, yes. you remember? Like, Dar- are we sure Sting hasn't wrestled these guys before? Yeah, you got Sting and Little Sting, and they're, they're wrestling... Uh, they're wrestling them and 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 they won in pretty dominant fashion. Yes, yes, and it was like and Sting. I, I love his Scorpion now because, I mean, he never got exclusively like really deep on this Scorpion, but he definitely got deeper than he is now. But he's like he's an older man guy, and it's like yeah, you know, Sting doing the Scorpion death like whoa, tap out, yeah, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um. Moving on, we then had uh, a sit down interview with Hikaru Shida and Timeless Tony Storm. And Sheeta was basically being like, what the hell happened to you? It's like, you want one of the great lines Tony Star- uh, Storm has ever spoke came out of this. Oh, yes. And we'll get to it. Yes. yes. But she's like, Sheeta's like, what the hell happened to you? Basically, I don't think you want this title. You just want attention paid to your silly acting. To which Tony goes, you happened to me. I was meant to walk into Wembley with that title. And then you happened. You don't happen anymore. I happen. I couldn't make history, so I became history. A great line. So good. Such a good line. So well. Oh my god. You may have that title, but you will never have the spotlight. And again, I think that line also works too. Like her whole shit that she said too. Like not only was it just like in character, really well performed. Shit stung. And it made sense. And this yes. story makes sense. And there's some progression on the story. There and is, it's yes. like, because you were kind of like wondering, is Tony Storm a good guy? Is Tony Storm a bad guy? Tony Storm's crazy. That's her yes, character. Yes. And you got oh. that cleared last night. And Sheeta's the one that drove her crazy. And you got that cleared last night. And it was just like, yes, we got a clear line of what's going on. And I don't care if you dig this storyline or not, whatever. Tony Storm's commitment and Tony Storm's performance is saying, undeniable. It's, it's what I've said for weeks, and I literally have become a simp for this woman because like, it's become a joke now. Um, but, like, that's the thing. Like, any – honestly, like, I thought Tony was, was solid before this. But, like, I saw this gimmick, and I honestly kind of got a little bit panicked because I was just like, I don't know, man. These kind of gimmicks with this company – Fans don't attract to this kind of stuff. Like they, they just the AEW fans. They want more wrestling focused storylines and characters. So a character like this, I said it. If you're gonna do something like this, you need to put everything into it. There can't be anything where you're like, I'm not sure. Like if there's something there, jump on it and then just put a thousand percent into what you're trying to get across. And Tony, like. Like, even getting out of the jokiness of how much I think she's hot and I love her. Um, like, just from my actual, like, the way that she's getting this character over. Like, she's doing fantastic. Like, I I constantly will sing her praises just because of how well she's gotten this character over. Because it's not an easy thing to do. Um, so, yeah, no, I this is this was great. I thought this sit-down was great. The nice little moment of her knocking of Sheeta knocking the shoe out of her uh, out of out of Tony's hair I mean Tony's hand was a nice little closing moment of it too but no I mean there was legit venom in this this uh, sit down both people had some good shit to say Tony especially gave 
definite like reasons as to like why she's doing this. Um, and yeah, I think the presentation is just fantastic. So yeah, again, once again, I give my undenying love to Tony Storm. She is timeless. Yeah. And it's so crazy because we're getting Tony Storm versus Sheeta again. I right? know. But it feels completely different than it, it feels has so, to, yeah, yeah, you take the match and then all of a sudden that the her being psychotic in this Marilyn Monroe character has given it a completely different element that like you're you know this match isn't different. And like honestly, this is a this is a very good example of a match. There is reasonable doubt that Tony will beat Sheeta. There is seriously reasonable doubt. But there's also reasonable doubt that Sheeta can retain. This is one of the few matches on the card where I don't know who wins. I yes. don't. And, and, and later on in the show, I don't know how much longer before we cover it, they added another fly in what could be the ointment. And Luther plays his role perfectly. Yeah, you know, for real. I, it's, yeah. it's a nice little use of Luther, I would say. Yes. Um, Sort of Strickland then had a, another really good match. Uh, Lucha after, Underground, what represent yeah, again? Continuing with the Lucha Underground <laughs> shit, and he faced Penta El Zero Miedo. These two kicked the shit out of each other. Um, but then basically, as he hit the Swerve Stomp to get the victory, um, he then proceeds to try to pull off Penta's mask, and then Hangman proceeds to show up and actually look like the Hangman. Adam Page, for the first time in a while, like looked like psychotic hangman Adam Page that was originally in New Japan, I will say. Like this was the first time the hangman felt like the hangman. And he went out and he wanted to kill Swerve. And I and I miss him. Uh and it's so funny because the the who the comparison of what hangman could be to AEW is because of their styles, it's gonna come off like where the hell is fully pulling this from? And that's fine. I'm okay with this. But the Hangman could be AEW Sandman, and it's just could in that, and it's just in that over the top, always over, amazing character that is super over to the AEW fans, and everybody else might not get him. And 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 that's a perfect role for him when he came out there with that chair. The badassness and how he was laying in those chair shots. Just the look in his yeah, eyes. Yeah, the look in his eyes, the passion. It's like, this is the guy. It's like, if you ever do like an AEW versus anybody war, the hangman's got to be the leader. He has to be the AEW through and through. He has to be the guy that bleeds black and gold. That's who your guy is, is hangman Adam Page. And I saw it because he has his devil now which is Swerve, and it's yes. just like, I felt badass Hangman again, and I hadn't felt badass Hangman in a very long time. Yeah, no, I, I I do think if there was an opportunity for business to be done, this feud, like, you could have had, you could have had Punk in that position, and you could have had them have the, that blood feud. The reason why I felt like that feud fell flat was because there was a bunch of other bullshit that was happening behind the scenes that was actively, honestly, hurting the feud. And there wasn't much venom in between the two, and like they were kind of trying to take it away from it being personal. This is so personal, and again, it has every reason why for Hangman, he should be the way that he is. So, no, I think this, and this is one of the things I'm the most, like, one of my most anticipated things for Full Gear. This story yes. has been great. And these two wrestlers are fantastic, and I think they're going to beat the shit out of each other. I think it has to, like, and I have been a big against 
uh, against uh, no uh, no DQ matches, blah, blah, blah. I think it needs to be a Texas death match. I was going to say, I, I, I don't know if necessarily if it needs, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. I mean, because that's just some form of that's been, a different element in there, yeah. That's Hangman's signature match in AEW. So yeah, I figure yeah, yeah. with the blood feud of hating Swerve, you do either the no D, uh, you either do the the, uh, the Texas Death Match or you do the un- bring back the unsanctioned. Part of me match. feels like I think they're saving that possibly for the third match. I think. Yeah, as I was gonna say because if they bring back the unsanctioned match, whoo, I love the unsanctioned match. Yeah, lights out uh, would be would be lovely. Yes, let's see, let's go. I just say I just think with him just doing what he did to Swerve by taking him off the through a table swerve's not gonna be like oh i want a one two three he's like i want to end you and i think that's yeah. what's gonna lead to that neck natural escalation over the next week for sure for sure moving on we had two backstage segments back to back uh first we had jay white with the bullet club gold talking about how uh they still turned uh he he was on vacation basically uh last week and he tuned into collision and he saw after uh he pinned MJF on Dynamite. He's like, listen, compare our names on some graph chart on the internet with the Google Analytics things that he brought up on Collision, which I thought was very funny. And he's like, uh, Max, you want me to play along? Maybe the graphs are like this because you spend all your time searching your name on the internet, hoping one day you'll see those graphs in a way that it will appease all your insecurities, uh, which I thought was very good. Uh, I, I very rarely want to know who wrote something. But Jay White's response to everything that was MJF, I I literally want to know if Jay White came up with it because I thought it was just so perfect. Like yeah. he undercut everything MJF has been standing for, made fun of him for calling him tofu. He's like he, he I mean like it was really good. <laughs> yeah, no, Jay Jay did a really solid job, and he was very straight to the point and very like just matter of fact of the whole so, of like super cocky villain heel yeah um, so confident yeah. yes yeah and i just like oh this works really really well like i'm like really jay white will always yeah he is he will jay white will always be better than you and everybody knows it because i am truly elite and he was gonna meant do it take care of it business against mark briscoe tonight and yeah i thought this was really good We'll, we'll quickly move off of this to something that I'm sure people are going to have a field day with what I have to say about this. So, okay. uh, first off, uh, I'll just go through and say everything uh, about this segment. Uh, the Golden Jets, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, were being interviewed about their Dynamite match that's happening next week against the Don Cows family. Jericho said, listen, when Don proposed this match, uh, and also beforehand, they showed a, tra- a commercial or like a video package for this match. And it's sponsored by the Yakuza game, like that's coming out, or like the Yakuza update to Like a Dragon. Kind of weird for a Blood Feud to be sponsored by a video game, but I digress. I get it, Sega, and it's like Kenny Omega's a gamer. I get it, but it's kind of weird for a Blood Feud to be sponsored by a video game for a match, even if it is a Dynamite match, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was a side thing, whatever. It was just a side thing. I mean, this- honestly, with the Don Callis family. Honestly, it fits perfectly. It, is, it does fit Yakuza, yes, but like, for, like the video package of them just cutting uh, random clips from the game was just he, odd. And the leader of the Don Callis family, if you have a leader, is Takeshita. I ain't got a fit. 
It does. I know. It just, again, I just don't, like, if a blood feud has a blood feud, it wouldn't be sponsored by a video. video. Correct. That's Correct. That's all. I get I get the, how the, 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 the game fits, the, you know, why everything links together because of who's involved. But a wrestling match shouldn't be sponsored by a video game if it's an actual blood feud. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but that's the, but that's besides the point. Anything that was just one small little thing. I can get over that. Um, Jericho basically says, "Listen, when Don promote when Don proposed this match, I don't think he thought that Kota Ibushi and Paul White would have our backs and be our partners because we've got some good friends." That's when Tweedledee and Tweedledum show up in the Young Bucks, who proceed to have and Max Jack Matt Jackson's like, "Oh, we set camp we set up camp with the extras in the broom closet because." There's no space in our locker room. Chris's bag is so big. But I like what you're doing here. This whole tag team thing, sweet promo. I even heard you got a really cool name, Golden Jets. And I bet Chris came up with that. And you know what? It's another cool name. I remember one, The Elite, the guys who started this whole damn place. That's a cool name, too. And Jericho goes, that's funny because you didn't have Kenny's back when Will Hobbs was beating the hell out of him a few weeks ago with a steel chair. It was basically, I also remember it was essentially the four of us starting AEW who got this company off the ground. And Matt goes, you would say that putting yourself on a pedestal with us because the way I remember it, we created the revolution and you just waltzed in and cashed in another big check. And Jericho said, remember who you're talking to? Kenny effing Omega and Chris Jericho. Greatest to ever do this in the history of pro wrestling. And you might be the greatest tag team in the world, but Jericho and Omega can still beat you. And they make the match. Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks. And Jericho agrees to it. And this whole time, too, Kenny's just staring at the ground, I will say. He's just literally just staring as it's like, oh, great, we're doing this shit again. And this is where Jericho says, "If we, when we beat you uh, at full gear, we get a guarantee that your guaranteed AEW tag team title shot goes to us. And Matt then proceeds, all right, well, then if you lose, when you lose, the Golden Jets is not a thing anymore. And we can start doing the elite again. And Kenny proceeds to go, listen. If it's just about being the who's the greatest tag team of all time, it's you guys. I don't want to wrestle you guys. But if you're asking me if I can beat you, we've been down that road. I've done it before. You want to talk about Ibushi? You want to talk about Hangman? And he's like, we can rise to the challenge. And if you really want to face us, we'll do it. And then maybe you'll clean up your act. And then maybe you'll start acting like real adults instead of sissy, bitchy children. And I think you had to hear it from somebody like me. You heard it from somebody a few months ago, probably almost a year ago, but you didn't want to listen to it then. But when Kenny says it, all of a sudden you'll listen. Uh, and then Jericho calls him. Uh, take you, Jericho says, Bucks will take you to the woodshed and beat your spoiled brat asses. And by the way, I have my own dressing. So here's my complaint. I don't know what the fuck the Young Bucks are. They are just there. And the way, like, honest to God, dude, that when they waltzed in there and they were once again being pissy about Kenny Omega having friends and them not doing the elite and hitting, hitting the fucking, oh, let's do, let's play the hits of the elite. Uh, I literally laid down on my back and I just screamed, shut up. If this is what they're going for, cool, you worked me into it. But for the love of God, man, dude, I don't know what the fuck the Young Bucks are supposed to be doing. And the fact, like, the match itself, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks, can be very good. Let it be known. 
Kenny Omega and Hangman versus the Young Bucks at Revolution 2020 is one of my favorite matches this company has ever produced. But I don't know what the Young Bucks are doing. Constantly now that they're just constantly holding on to the elite and like, oh, we're going to bring this up whenever it's convenient, whenever we're pissy about it, just to be like, hey, everybody, remember the elite and all that kind of shit. But it's like. Like when they had the reunion of the elite for double or nothing and they did the fucking uh, anarchy in the arena match. They went off and did they disappeared basically after that, just doing the like nonsense bullshit anyway. Just doing the elite shit and like it there wasn't anything to it. Like the young books weren't in any sort of storyline that had any meaning to it besides bitching about the elite. And quite frankly, I'm sick of it. I have done such a 180 on the Young Bucks in the last like year. Like I don't get what their purpose is. I don't get what they're trying to do. Constantly will flip-flop between their baby faces, their heels. I don't know what the fuck they are. And they're just here. And quite frankly, considering the fact that I do think they are one of the best best tag teams in, in, in wrestling. And definitely one of the best tag teams in AEW. There should be more consistency about what the Young Bucks are doing since you are actively EVPs of this company. And the fact that I can't get consistency out of it kind of leads a little bit more tendency to what Kenny Omega said to you this dynamite and what CM Punk said a year ago call me a CM Punk fanboy for calling out the Young Bucks or whatever I really don't care I truly do like the Young Bucks I just don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah I don't know why this match is happening as in I understand why they say it's happening I'm not stupid I understand the storyline of why it's happening but I don't understand why this match it got dropped on us this one moment all of a sudden the Young Bucks were just kind of off doing elite shit or just doing tag matches and playing the hits because that's what they have been doing they have been playing the hits and they've been doing Young Bucks type things in Young Bucks style matches, which we've seen them do for years. So, and it's fine, it's entertaining, but they there was no problems. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like this night, they have a problem with Chris Jericho and they have a problem with Kenny Omega not doing elite shit with them. Yes, and then, well, this is what I like, and this is where I come down, where I come down on Kenny Omega, where I always say. Kenny Omega is one of the best in-ring performers ever, but I think pro wrestling's a lot of things. In the same promo that you built up this exciting match, you then basically say, we've already done this before, this is boring. I feel like you could have said anything else. I mean, dude, the whole time when Jericho and Matt were screaming at each other, he was literally staring at the ground. Yes, he's like, this is boring. I've beat you before. And it's like, so this match that they're trying to build to, you know, excitement. The Young Bucks in L.A. against two of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. You just said, I've already beat you. So why twice. are we, yeah, like, why are we, twice. Like, why are we doing this? So it's just like, been there, done that kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, I I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand. You're not gonna, here's the thing, too. You're not going to beat Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho because they are literally tied into this blood feud with the Don Callis family. So this just feels like such a stopgap. And when the Young Bucks are part of a stopgap feud match for a pay-per-view, you know something's gone wrong with the way that they're presented. And I'm sorry, you have a very big control of how you're presented because you're literally one of the pill- – like not even the pillars. You helped build the company. My whole thing is, though, I, I, I was like – could the Young Bucks be joining the Don Callis family? 
Possibly. I don't know what would be the reasoning behind well, because, it. Because, like, uh, you know, you, it, it, what did Don Callis say a couple of weeks ago to uh, 2.0? I don't have a tag team. I'm looking for a tag team. Sure, but... It's, again, it's why, right but, there. What, it, but what's their beef with Hangman? I mean, with their beef with Kenny, they literally were friends back at Double or Nothing. Kenny, the one thing he's been saying is like, Kenny betrayed you or whatever. And it's like, Kenny keeps leaving you. And he's like, didn't we always do this? And it's like, it's there. Is it perfectly coherent, straight line? No, but it's it's there. And if that's do, what it leads do, to, do, and they, do, they do, join the Don Callis family, at least I have an idea of like what and, they're doing. And are the Young Bucks stale right now? Yes. Oh, God, yes. They could use it. They could use something. And the elite going against each other, like, full after on. They literally had, after they literally had their big reunion, we are the elite fucking four months ago. Yeah, that would be, be pretty crazy. I'm not That's saying That's kind this, of insane, uh, like, that I, I, I never, big I, moment of them, like, being together again, and then all of a sudden, bam, now they hate each other again. Dude, and it would be pretty funny. I don't know, uh... I, I, I honestly, like I said, I've got mostly positive things about any, everything else. This is the one thing that drove me. I, this whole thing felt really forced. Yes. Uh, but honestly, with AEW and their pay-per-views, they generally don't do a lot. They build up like one or two things, and then they throw a lot together in the last two weeks. So I just throw that in. I lump that in here. It's going to be amazing. Match sure, yes. You got... It's going to be an amazing match, yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm quite and, surprised that the the thing the things that you throw together at the last minute involve two people who helped build the company. But I don't know. As maybe, my friend Rich Lada maybe say, I'm crazy. You never count out Chris Jericho, so they're going to kill it. But it's still like I uh, I need more. I need more. As in why these people are fighting. Yes. Yeah. And if this just goes out and then they have a a banger match and then fucking uh, like this is the thing that honestly, if they just have a banger match that ends with. Kenny and Jericho shaking hands with the Young Bucks, and then the Young Bucks go away to fucking Timbuktu or whatever the hell they were doing before this, which was basically nothing. Oh, I just thought of the storyline. I mean, nuts. I just thought of it. Kenny, at one point, chose Kota Ibushi over the Young Bucks. He then chose Hangman Page over the Young Bucks. And now he has chosen Chris Jericho over the Young Bucks. That is why the Young Bucks are now going to join the Don Callis family. If they do it that way. Sure. I'm fine with it. Like, cause again, like it, it just gives me something tangible with the young bucks because I've just been so sick of it. Honestly, yeah. like just not knowing what the young bucks are. And, I like and, and, and you hate, the really insi- you hate the insistent of CM Punk shots, the victory laps and all that kind of stuff too. So, no, and again, if that was part of their character and they were actively consistent on that whole ordeal, but again, they were literally baby faces four months ago. Yeah, they so, were. Like, I just, yeah. I just want, I just want consistency with these guys. I because I do think they're fantastic and I like them a lot, but I'm just tired of just not knowing what the fuck their purpose is. And then they want to come in and then like, listen, the young bucks are very good at being arrogant and pissy. And it drives me mad when they are, but then there's no purpose behind it. I can see it. So that's just my that's my rant, though. I'm 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 sick of the young bucks. Have them go join the Don Callis family, and then they have at least something to do. I will be fine with it. But if you don't give them something to do, and then they just continue to be pissy and annoying, and then just playing the hits, I'm gonna be sick of it. And I'm gonna want them off my TV because I need something different. 
So I, I that's understand. All I'm saying. Yeah, I understand. Do yeah. right by the Young Bucks because they do deserve a lot better and they should get something way more consistent. Anyways, moving off of this. Um, Ring of Honor World Television Championship match. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee. It was a big meaty man slapping meat match and we got a return of the Meat Forever chance because you knew it was coming back for this match because, I mean, for the God. For I God don't sake. think they went with it, though. They didn't go fully with it, no. They didn't, yeah, that, they, they didn't do it. That didn't disappoint. That disappointed me. I was yeah, like, there wasn't there wasn't enough shots of them just like trading. Yeah, like the double hand slap. Yes, and I was just like, I mean, y'all I are. Want, I think they wanted a little bit of it, but at the same time, they wanted to do their own thing. But I still think, guys, it's right here. Come on. Yeah, give me, give me my meat. Give me my meat, 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 meat. I, I, I was uh, not. Uh, I was. I wouldn't. I wasn't mad at it. Uh, I wasn't mad at it, but I was like, I, it, it seemed weird to me. You were like, I had my vegetables with the Young Bucks. Now I wanted my meat. Yes, and I was just like, oh. there." I mean, like, literally, you know, the blueprint was put out there by Will Hobbs and, uh, Will Hobbs and Miro on what we want when two big yes. men are fighting each other. Just slap each other, and then one guy eventually wins. And then they had a really good wrestling match. It but was it, really good, yeah. Yes, but I'll tell you, the big problem was I had an expectation of what I wanted in my head. And then I didn't get it. So yeah. because again, yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah, I lo- yeah. I love Keith Lee, but like there was yeah. no way he was beating Samoa Joe just randomly for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Yeah, not one they're building so, up him wanting the world title. So no, that's what I'm yeah, saying yeah, exactly. No. So you know you could have at least fed into it that way just by giving the match that element of the fun meat chance. Yeah, because so. it would it would have made it significantly more enjoyable. It was still really good, but it could have been even more enjoyable. Again, again, my enjoyment of the match was. Hurt by me. Yes, <laughs> I, is, I, I set an expectation. I didn't get that expectation. I kept waiting on that expectation, and it never came. No one told me I was getting that. I decided that's what should happen, and it didn't, and it disappointed me. There you go. <laughs> um, the match ends, and then Samoa Joe proceeds to get on Mike, basically saying he is the greatest Ring of Honor television champion of all time, but he did not come here merely to be your television champion because he is the longest reigning television champion in ring of honor history and he said listen hunger is what defines the greats consider me officially hungry as of tonight i vacate the ring of honor television championship because the next goal that will be on my shoulder will be the AEW world championship whether you like it or not max shocking right there and he just straight up vacates the roh television title it's like i want the AEW world title very, very surprising. Literally, the first words that came out of my mouth after that was, get ready for another tournament. I was super excited about that because next, I, I'm going to say completely selfish reasons. Did I think this made any sense? No. Completely selfish reasons. I'm super excited about it because guess what? Uh, Final Battle is next uh, month and Final Battle is live from Dallas, Texas, which is basically my second home. And I will be there for that show. <laughs> so and I will be able to see the, the new, new, new television champion. champion more than likely. So I am, I am that, that kind of gets me pumped up for that show. And yeah, it'd be weird. Cause at this point it's weird if they don't crown that champion at that pay-per-view and I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to fatal four way six men, but it does open up the door for someone like Daniel Garcia. 
uh, Willa Yuta. Uh, there's a lot of wrestlers out there. Um, what's the, uh, God damn it. He's a part of, uh, Aussie Open. Kyle Fletcher. People like yes. Kyle Fletcher is is going to shit Keith Lee. It's going to leave a spot open for somebody to have a belt, and and you know, and definitely with ROH, you know, they could use you know a strong television champion and Samoa Joe. It was smart, I I think. Uh, you know, you didn't want him to lose because he's trying to be the world champion. You also don't want him basically handcuffing your yeah. other company with the television title. Yeah, he he just he just gives it up, and he may may very well be Max's partner uh, for uh, the uh, tag team belts, which is kind of crazy because what it seems like what they're doing is whoever the devil is is trying to put make Max completely alone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and he's got so many people gunning for him, and he's like got so like he's so. Caught in too many too many uh, webs, basically. Again, like, I, again, it's like I know they probably didn't intend it, but everything William Regal said in his little video is coming true. Yes, and it's so it's so like good. it's so good because it's like whether whether it's on purpose or not, he's like I'm giving you something because you 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 don't really want it, and and it's now becoming something where MJF is almost like I don't want to be world. <laughs> anymore because everybody wants me real yeah um real quick i'll talk about these both just because it was only separated by a uh a, a little quick squash match but um orange cassidy and john moxley cut promos backstage about their match at uh full gear for the international championship and oc basically said you must have lost your mind moxley saying i overlooked you that i don't respect you because you're the one person i've been thinking about since you left me in a pool of my own blood in chicago when you took this title from me and listen i'm sorry that when opportunity knocked i didn't pick up the pieces of ray phoenix i picked up the pieces of this title that you dropped so now that i'm holding it it doesn't feel the same because i need to beat you in order to be the international champion that i know i am Great little promo from Orange Cassidy. Following off of Moxley, who said, basically, I knew it. I've been getting calls all week to let Orange off the hook. I knew Orange it, ex- exactly what Orange was doing. It's laws of nature. It's a jungle, and the, this business is a jungle. BCC are a dominant pack of predators. What example would I be setting for Young Wheeler if I don't beat the shit out of you, basically? What example would I be setting for Hook, teaching him that he can't just do and say what he wants, and it'll be fine? You don't deserve to get to full gear. So the minute we land at LAX, gang warfare. You and whoever you want to bring. And Wheeler says, Hook, we'll see you. You might seem like you're pretty tough, but I guarantee you, you crossed the wrong crew and called him a pretty boy. Um, so nice little back and forth between those two. Like that's match, That rematch is going to be killer, though. I'm like, again, those that is going to be vicious, the way that these two go after it. And it's going to be the one match that Orange Cassidy tries for harder more than anything else i feel like yes and hook and yuda when they do it it's going to be awesome yeah Yeah. for sure for sure um we had a uh squash match for the guns but shout out the bollywood boys getting a solid pop honestly even though they were set to die yes um i was genuinely you know it was it was genuinely cool to see them and the crowd giving the response that they did was honestly really really good to see um Guns basically took everything real quick. Then said that 
Mac MJF had been lying to these people for years that he's not a generational talent. He's been telling sob story after sob story. That's not what a generational talent does. We were made for TV. Doing this for three years, we're former tag team champions, and we're about to be ROH tag team champions because we are generational talents. And he said, Austin Gunn then proceeds to say, like, you're an awful champion because you've defended those title, those tag titles once. And now the only friends that you have left are on the other side of this guardrail. And I pray to God you pick one of them as your partner so we can send them on a ride on the 310 to Yuma. And says basically the titles will go back to a real tag team. And uh, yes, at, I agree yeah, with that. MJF was watching. Yeah, MJF was watching on a monitor. So uh, Joe walks up to him and he walks away. Yes. And I said, "Hey, man, don't be don't be too crazy about him saying like pick somebody from over the guardrails. We could get we could get an uh, Nicholas is all elite. Uh, oh my end. God! Please, please." <laughs> I was at that mania. I was at I was, that mania. I was too. And I was sitting there like hope, so wondering wondering who his tag team partner was going to be. And you know how much I love tag team wrestling and you know how much I love real tag teams. So imagine a man with a child beating this longest reigning tag team champions for a while at that time. You know, you know I did not feel good about that. I was visually pissed for about 15 minutes after that match happened oh so you were about as mad as i was at that show when they started flinging around beach balls for the main event yes yes that was a fun time uh moving off we had julia hart versus red velvet a fine enough match uh i would say um but big moment came after the bell when julia won with the heartless sky blue comes down stares down with julia hart and Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale come down, and Willow kind of Willow goes off to check on Red Velvet, and then Julia has a stare off with Chris Statlander, while uh, Sky Blue is kind of in the middle, and then she kind of walks off. So, uh, yeah, I, I just need this to resolve. Yeah, it just we we need the the spot, like basically. Yeah, whether like it's Sky, whether it's Sky Blue turning, whether it's yeah, I, I, like I, something. I, something the 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 kit the payoff basically needs to happen. Yeah, yes. I like I feel like it's Sky Blue joining with Julia. I feel like it's uh Julia becoming the new TBS champion. I feel like that's the natural progression. Fans are really into Julia and this thing right now and you know, TBS titles stale. Again, a, a lot of stuff that I could use in AEW and to describe it as stale right now and it just feels like I like Chris Statlander. It's just yes. kind, it's just kind of there right now. So uh, I I think that's the, where we're going. But let's get there. And and, and this is not impatient. I mm-hmm. I I we've been do what we've been doing. It. She sprayed him in the face. What two months ago at this point? Yes. It's, it's like yeah. We we need a resolution. And, and, and like we, I don't necessarily need it to be over, but I do need it to make a step forward. Whatever that yeah. step is. Uh, one thing I would say, though, I did really like the uh, spot of uh, from this match where uh, Julia uh, rolled over, sat cross-legged House of Black style against uh, Red Velvet, who did the splits, and then she slowly morphed into his splits, too. Which apparently they did, actually, in their last match that they had. I didn't know that, though. No, no, I, I did not remember that. I'm not, yeah, I can't even pretend to say, oh, yeah, I remember. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't no, I did that. not remember that, so I was like, oh, fair <laughs> yeah, enough. And I remember um, that. I like and that. And then, yeah, 
And finally, before the main event, one last thing was there was an announcement of a new AEW signing, which was Mariah May from uh, Stardom. And the foreign ace is what they called her. The foreign ace, yes. So she was she was super excited to be here. She was introduced by RJ City, and she was like, I've wrestled all over the world, and I just came over from Stardom in Japan. I'm excited to be part of the women's division. And, um, and he's like, RJ, I'm a big fan of your work, you know. Tony Storm and she, he's like, oh yeah, I get it. Like you're, you're a fan of me with Tony, like, uh, and like, say he said, she said Tony Storm was the reason she is in AEW. She went to Japan because Tony went to Japan. Tony's in AEW, so now I'm in AEW. And RJ goes like, oh maybe uh, next week I could introduce you. And she then proceeds to go full fangirl. You're gonna introduce me to Tony Storm? She freaks out and kisses RJ on the cheek, and she's screaming. And RJ is completely just like, ah. I'm just like in my head though I, I genuinely like like call me crazy and I'm pro- I probably am but like just think about this a little bit though is is Mar- is Mariah May set to be like the modern day Mickey James to Trish Stratus as what she's doing with Tony Storm the full fangirl type of shit I, just a modern day version of it but then all but uh, wow Tony's an actual like pretending to be a movie star yes and I think I think that's uh I think we're I think we're headed there and I'm looking forward to whatever she does. I don't watch a lot of stardom so I think I'm The one clip I saw on Twitter was that she literally knocked a girl out because she twerked on her and yes. I was just like interesting. Okay, I don't know if that's a full a full representation yeah. of her body of work but regardless I am intrigued. So yeah, uh, I've heard she's an amazing wrestler. I'm looking forward to where it's going with this. Uh yeah, uh you know I if you're gonna do the stalker fangirl thing, I just like this is you gotta realize you're introducing Maria to a new audience. Let them get comfortable with her first before doing the thing. Yep, um, and I think she could have a, a nice little career here. So hopefully everything works out, and she, she's got me intrigued at the very least because I mean, like hey. putting her the idea of putting her already like trying to get her involved with Tony Storm. That's a way to kind of like immediately put yourself in the picture. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. The, Absolutely. So, so, yeah. Main event time was Switchblade Jay White versus Mark Briscoe. And this was for the title shot for uh, Full Gear. Um, and this was a good closing match, I would say. I liked Mark Briscoe and how he worked in this match. He was very just him back. You know, he'd been gone for he had an injury, correct? Yeah, he got injured. So, yep, so it was good to see him back, um, and uh, Jay was doing some great work in this match as well, um, and he's able to get the victory after the match. MJF's music hits. He sneaks up behind the Bullet Club Gold uh, from behind and takes his Dynamite Diamond Ring and knocks everybody down except for Jay White, who proceeds to run away, and MJF then says, I hope you've had fun playing dress-up as a top guy. Because pretty sure pretty soon playtime is over, so you're gonna have to get in the ring with the real world champion. And he said, "When I won that title, I made a promise to myself that I was gonna go down as the greatest AEW world champion of all time, or die trying." And that's what you'll be dealing with. He and he said, basically, uh, "You're you're gonna have to kill me to beat me because I'm not fighting for just me. I'm fighting for everyone who's been on this journey f- f- with me since day one. I'm fighting for Adam Cole." fighting for you watching at home, everyone in this arena, because I'm not just a scumbag, I'm their scumbag, 
And listen, Jay, one question. At Full Gear, will the leader of the Bang Bang Gang be the first... Will he be able to be the first man to pull the trigger? Lights go out. Mass men jump the acclaimed, and they're beating the shit out of him. And then eventually, they take Anthony Bowens and throw him through glass. And it, it was an office that literally didn't have a door. The guy who was in the office literally had to squeeze through this little crack in this makeshift office, which I thought was hysterical. Um... But I don't know what was more funny, that or me wondering if that was real glass or not, because Jungle Boy didn't tell me. Yeah, uh, it was somebody pointed out that that was yet another uh, shot at or shot at or whatever to CM Punk. No, the reference. Yes. Love it. Uh, being a fan of this man is constantly giving me pain, even though I love him as a wrestler. I have to deal with a bunch of shit. Uh, and then eventually the person with the devil mask appears on the screen for a split second and then disappears. MJF then runs back uh, backstage to check on them. Samoa Joe then goes up and goes, you were running out of friends, champ, and then laughs and walks away, and that is the closing moment of the show. Yes, and it was a hilarious closing moment of the show. Yeah, just having him la- laugh at him as he was walking away was very funny. Yes, they, all, yeah, they got beat up pretty bad, so we're going to see what's going on. Yeah, um, that was AEW Dynamite. Um, honestly, I thought it was a pretty dang good show. Significantly better than last week. Um, I thought they had a lot more enjoyable stuff in here. And we're starting to get a little bit more of some stuff that's getting kind of finite. Specifically, the Swerve and Hangman stuff, I think we're really starting to get shit moving. Tony Storm and, and Hikaru Shida, I think, is getting really uh, gassed up. And we're starting to get built to the climax of mjf and jay white um i that that i did have problems with was uh uh julia hart and how we're just kind of waiting for that to whole kick off and then of course i can't stand the young bucks currently and unless they actively get a purpose and a role to play i will still be sick of them but that's that's just me i um um I, I like how Full Gear is uh, lining up on paper. As far it's starting as, to shape. As far yeah, as the, uh, the, uh, the wrestling matches, they're going to be amazing matches. And it's one of those things, never count out AEW as on their pay-per-views. They kill on pay-per-views. That's what they do. Uh, and in the Dynamite next week with the big four-on-four match, you know, it's kind of hard when you got weekly television and you're trying to do a pay-per-view uh, every month. Uh and you're trying to do a pay-per-view every month, trying to make everything feel special. I honestly think they're doing a pretty good job for that L.A. week right now. And we'll see how everything plays out on Collision. Yeah. Um, that's everything with uh, AEW Dynamite. In terms of what we've got for Collision uh, and for Rampage this week, first big thing we got, we got a big FTR. They will be having a... Uh, big tag match as they face off against. I'm trying to pull it up again. Uh, it's going to be uh, Commander and El Hijo del v- v- uh, Vikingo, which I am very much, very much excited for that. That, I think, could be a damn good match. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, FTR is very good at telling, you know, amazing stories as far as with, uh, especially with... Um, you know, people that don't necessarily work the same. So 
I am looking forward to this match just because of the Styles Clash thing. Unfortunately, yes. I will be at a New Japan show in uh, Dallas, so yeah. I won't be watching it live, but I can't wait to watch it Saturday morning. Yeah. You're also getting on Collision, Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland versus Lance Archer and The Righteous on on Collision as well. You're getting Rush and Drillistico versus The Workhorsemen. And then I'm trying to find all the other matches. I believe those are the ones that I see. I don't know if we've got... Uh, yeah, I, did. I think I, those are the only two matches that yeah, were announced I tried to for Collision. For anymore. Uh, yeah, and Collision's taped this week. It is taped. It, it's taped on Friday in Oakland, and it's, it will air on Saturday. Yeah, so yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even notice until right, like, right now that it was taped. Because it was funny because Dak said he was on the plane, and I was just like, huh, he, he's leaving early, but... That makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, is, and there was no other collision matches announced, right? It was just the one tag match? Correct. That's all I see right now. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, well, that's everything that's been announced for that. Of course, the other news that we had was Mariah May, but we also had someone who is no longer with the company. Yes. The, the Bunny. Allie, yeah. Allie the Bunny is no longer with AEW. She's been removed. She started her OnlyFans, and it looks like it was an amicable bull separation. Uh, I I love Allie. I thought every time I've met her, it's been great. I thought I thought her character with the Butcher and the Blade was great. Uh, she had a match with uh, Penelope Ford against Ty and Anna, and I thought you yeah. know that, that street fight and that was great. I've all, I mean I've always liked her so. Uh, but I, so I definitely wish her the best on, uh, on, on whatever she does next. Uh, she's a huge horror fan. So follow her on the Instagram, Twitter. If you're an OnlyFans person, definitely sign up, you know, definitely support your favorite, uh, support your favorite wrestlers even after they leave your company. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's sad to see her go cause she did do some really good stuff with AEW, um, nice that we were able to get her in the video game at least before uh she eventually uh had to go but and she has a chase figure and her figure is the only chase figure that's it's only a chase figure she there is no regular version of there's no regular yeah yes it's just the chase figure so she she got to leave that as the first person like that in a aew so i think that's a pretty cool standing i am going to be spending a stupid amount of money to get that figure i know so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's everything else in the in news for AEW, unless there's anything else that you you had uh, planned to talk about. No. The, I, the only thing I had was that I was able to find some AEW Metal Universe trading cards actually in store. It's the first time I've ever found AEW trading cards in a local like supermarket or something that's nearby my house. So I grabbed a bunch of uh, boxes, and thankfully... They're cards that were released before Punk was fired, so I actually got some cool cards. I actually got my first ever signature card. I've never, in in all my years, and I I don't open many trading cards or anything like that, but in all my years of getting trading cards and sports cards and stuff like that, I've never gotten a signature. But I got one, and it was Pac, and it was really cool. Honestly, it was super cool that I got a signature card of anybody, and it was a Pac, and I love Pac. Yeah, where the hell's Pac? That's a good question. I don't know. Could Pac be the devil? I wouldn't necessarily be against that. I, I, I honestly just popped up in my head because, you know. Yeah, where the fuck is Pac? 
I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, so like I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Whether he's injured, whether he's this, that, nothing. It's like nothing. So yeah, I wonder who it is. Um, yeah, but those Metal Universe cards are pretty cool, honestly. If you ever do spot them, definitely try metal to Metal Universe. Yeah, I am not. I in believe the they're. I believe they have the 2023 editions already out. The ones that I saw in my store were 2022. So like I said, they were still when Punk was in the company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm all about uh, I'm all about trying on that one. As far as uh, as far as cards, I, I, if I get them, I would sell them to other or give them away to other people. I was gonna say there's one card that I have that I was thought, thinking about sending to you. Uh, they have uh, these uh, these uh, specific polls that are like called merch cards, and it's literally a card that it's a T-shirt. Like you saw, I think I I sent you the one that had CM Punk, and it was had his, had his it was basically the CM Punk T-shirt that had him on it too. Um, we got an FTR one. Well, you gotta send it to me, of course. I was gonna say I'll, I'll send you the picture of it, and I'll like mm-hmm. I, I need to get a sleeve. It's hard to get a sleeve of a card that is shaped like a T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I want to make sure when it gets sent over, it doesn't get bent or anything like that. Yes, that is awesome. Um, yes, I want to tell everybody if you're a collector in the collecting game, Christmas is a month or so away. You're you're gonna be shocked by this. A lot of people don't save for Christmas. So you know what they do? They try to sell their shit. So this is the perfect time to get on eBay, Facebook Marketplace, and basically fleece people for their stuff. There you go. Because they're all like, oh, I want to buy my this person or my kids a present and stuff, so I'm going to get rid of this thing. Yes. Lowball all of them. Yeah. That it is. Yes. Yeah, all I know is that I was I was trying to find the original upper deck uh trading them in stores, like never seen them in stores. So Yeah. Like the fact that the fact that I was able to find any AEW trading cards in a store was fucking incredible because straight up I don't know how I found like they were there. I've yeah. I've always looked and I've never found them. Yes. If you're gonna start off Start off with an offer of 60% of what they're asking. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Fleece everybody right now. Desperation is, mm, smells like medium, medium rare steak. It's an amazing thing. <laughs> so I just threw that out there for people that are collectors. Because honestly, I have been fleeced. Believe me, I have paid like $200 for an AEW figure, Chase figure. And then literally it will be online for 28 like a, a month later, I think Nyla Rose, I paid like 125 for, and then uh, like now you can literally get it for the price of the figure, like 20 bucks. That same taste figure. So believe me, I've gotten fleeced. So I do not mind you going out there fleecing. This is fleecing season. It's right before. It's during Christmas season. Fleecing season. Uh, yeah, people are gonna be desperate. So yeah, take advantage. There you go. This, this, but this. I think that I will. Yeah. I think that will do everything. That it will be everything for this episode of All Things Elite, uh, guys. Thank you so much uh, for continuing to tune in again. Apologies for no episode last week. We honestly didn't have a lot of good things to say, and I was dead tired. So you know, a combination of Dude, those. Things. I started pressing record, and it was just like I honestly, I wouldn't say I. I can't say I was mad about the AEW episode last week. I wasn't mad. I just felt like nothing more yeah. than anything. It was just like that was two hours of my life that happened. And yeah. And so I just like, you know what? I don't want to come on and not be good. So I wanted to wait. 
Yeah, there you go. And like I said, I had the one or two things. Other than that, honestly, like everything else, I enjoyed tremendously. So, um, so yeah. Thank you guys again for tuning in every single week. Make sure you continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And also be sure to leave a rating and a review. It really does help out the show. Follow us on Twitter. We are at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, are the guys that make this show possible. You can check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with that, I will pass it off to my buddy Floyd so he can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. I'm going to leave you with this message from the late uh, Bob Barker. Help control the population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, definitely do that. But uh, welcome. Hey, we're in this Christmas season. Uh, you know, do something nice for somebody. Do some buy them some Starbucks or coffee, whatever coffee you get. I know there are coffee snobs out there. I am not one of those. I mm-hmm. I, I, I rock my Keurig real hard. But uh, just you know, do something nice for people. Go see the Marvels. Support our ladies and elite actresses in cinema. Go see the Marvels. Uh, I actually saw it to, at the first showing. This is the first time I've seen when to. It's been a very long time since I've seen the first showing of a movie. I saw it at 4 o'clock today. It was very cute, very funny. It's not going to change your life. It's not in-game. Not every comic book movie is going to be in-game. It's a very mm-hmm. enjoyable uh, two hours of a show. I thought uh, the chick that played Kamala Khan, I thought she kind of stole the show. Uh Nick Fury had some really good lines in it, so really enjoy it. That was that's my spoiler-free uh, review of the movie. I thought it was really enjoyable, and uh, yeah, just be good, be good to everybody, and let me leave you how I always leave you, whether it is home, work, or school. I always do your best to be elite. <laughs>